Well, let's turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest of the Psalms, and uh, it's arranged in a unique manner in that uh, the, the various stanzas are each related to one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 stanzas because there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and uh, then in each stanza, stanza there's eight verses. And it was probably set up that way to help memorization. The overall theme of this psalm is the Word of God. So we want to just look at some thoughts from this amazing psalm this evening in hope. I hope that even though we won't, we don't have time to read through the whole psalm. We'll be looking at a lot of verses in it. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to look at a lot of verses tonight. But since they're all in this section, you don't have to turn around the pages too much. But I think we can gain some insight into the psalmist's attitude towards the Word of God, which will help us to see what our attitude should be also. Sometimes when the psalmist is speaking here, he doesn't speak of the Word of God. He speaks of the law or the testimonies or the precepts or the statutes or the commandments or the judgments or the Word of God. But they all are related to God speaking in words to his people and how we should view that. What I've done, I really would like to separate this into three different categories here. First of all, what are some of the truths about God's Word that the psalmist emphasizes? What are some of the truths about God's Word that the psalmist emphasizes? Second, what was the psalmist's personal attitude toward the Word of God? And then third, in what times or situations did the psalmist turn to the Word of God? And that is so that we can get a feel for what, in what times and situations we should turn to the Word of God. So that's the three headings. But before we go on, why don't we pray here and ask God to use this time in His Word uh, to help us. Father, we pray that You would speak to us here from Your Word, concerning Your Word, mm-hmm. and that this time would be used to Help us to see our, our great uh, privilege and responsibility related to the word that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first category, the first heading that we're looking at are what are some of the truths about God's word that the psalmist emphasizes. First of all, it's should be obvious, probably the main one, is that it is from God. If it's God's word, it's from God. And that's he begins right there. <clears throat> so we're in Psalm 119, verse 1. How blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. It's the Lord's law. It's from God. Um, I mean, this comes out over and over uh, in this psalm. 
Uh, let's just uh, look at 1.15. He says, Depart from me, evildoers, that I may observe the commandments of my God. So the commandments are God's commandments. And it's God's word to us. He says in, in verse uh, uh, 16, I shall not forget thy word. Verse uh, 81, I wait for thy word. So the point is, is that there's, there's a lot of good books in this world. But there's only one book that you can say, this is God's word. This is from God directly. And that's the Bible. So that's the first uh, thing that should come to mind when we talk about the psalmist, what he emphasizes concerning God's word. It's just that it is God's word. The second thing is that it is eternal. Uh, Verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So there's again, it's God's word, and of course if it's God's word, then it's going to be eternal. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And then uh, it says in verse 160 that... Every one of thy righteous ordinances is everlasting. So it's God's word. It's eternal. It's going to last forever. The next thing that the psalmist brings out, and these aren't in any necessarily any order of importance, but the next thing is very important, that it's true. Verse 151 Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. And 160, where we just looked, the sum of thy word is truth. So God's word is eternal, and it's true. It's also, the psalmist tells us, pure. By that, he's, I think, using the image of something that's been refined. All the the impurities are taken out. Uh, It's totally rid of all impurities. Uh, 140. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loves it. In the little marginal note in my Bible, it says that word pure means refined. It's very refined. In other words, there's no, uh, no impurities there. And next, the psalmist tells us, that God's word is faithful, very faithful. 86. All thy commandments are faithful. And 138. Thou hast commanded thy testimonies in righteousness and exceeding faithfulness. So God's word is faithful. All thy commandments are faithful. It's something, in other words, that you can depend upon. The psalmist also says that God's word is wonderful. 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The idea, I think, has to do with this 
he's, say, he's saying this is extraordinary what God has given us here. A word from the infinite God. Um, you know, if we get to the place where we have read the Bible so much that it ceases to be wonderful, something's wrong because it should never cease. We should never cease to wonder at this extraordinary, miraculous book that God has given us. It's wonderful. It's, you see that also in uh, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from thy law. They're there. The wonderful things are right there in the Word if we just have our eyes open to them. So, it's wonderful. And then, the psalmist says that it's very all-encompassing. It's comprehensive. Uh, Verse 96. I have seen a limit to all perfection. Thy commandment is exceedingly broad. In other words, there's, there's a limit to everything here on earth, but there's one thing there's no limit to. It comprehends, it deals with everything, and that's the Word of God. So, uh, those are just some of them. I'm sure there are many more ways that the, the psalmist describes the Word of God. But we want to go on then and look at what the psalmist, and this may have been David, David, we don't know for sure if it was David or not, it sure seems to fit the uh, other psalms that David wrote and just his attitude towards God's Word. But what we're looking at in this section is the psalmist's personal attitude toward the Word of God. First of all, he held it in awe. 161. Princes persecute me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of thy words. So the psalmist said the Word of God should be held in awe. God, God has revealed himself to us in words. That's an amazing thing. He also says that it is his delight. The Word of God is his delight. And there's so many of these. Uh, let me just read some of them to you. I'll, I'll tell you the numbers and then we'll just read them real quick. 24, 70, 77, 92, 143, and 174. If you're, if you keep, if you're doing notes and can write fast. Uh, thy testimonies also are my delight. I delight in thy law. Thy law is my delight. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should have perished in my affliction. Thy commandments are my delights. Thy law is my delight. He just says it over and over again. So his attitude towards the word of God, he was delighted to have it, to read it, to meditate upon it. It was his delight. And then he says, and some of these kind of overlap, he says it was his rejoicing. The word of God was the psalmist rejoicing. Uh, verse 14, I have rejoiced in thy ways 
in the way of thy testimonies. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in riches. Uh, 162. I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great spoil. So I'm rejoicing at the word of God. And because it was his rejoicing, it was also his song. Um, one, or, or not one, but 50, 54. 54. Thy statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. The word of God was precious to the psalmist. Uh, 72. The law of thy mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. We talk about precious metals like gold, but the psalmist says God's law, God's word were more precious, more valuable to him than gold or silver. You see that again in 127. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yes, above fine gold. So they, the word was precious to him. It was also his meditation. Verse 15, I will meditate on thy precepts and regard thy ways. Verse 23, even though princes sit and talk against me, thy servant meditates on thy statutes. Verse 97, Oh, how I love thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Verse 148. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on thy word. So, even thinking about being up at night, he says, well, that's all right. I'll just meditate on the word of God. Um, And so, it is his desire. Verse 20. My soul is crushed with longing after thine ordinances at all times. So he's longing, he's desiring for God's ordinances, God's truth, God's word. And verse 40. Behold, I long for thy precepts. Revive me through thy righteousness. So he longs, he desires God's precepts. And because he had this attitude, he determined to obey. We're talking about his attitude towards the word of God. So he had a a determination to obey what he read. Verse 33 Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. So he said, not just, I just don't want to know these things, I want to walk in them, I want to obey them. So, his attitude. Here's an amazing one we don't sometimes think about. His attitude towards the word of God, well, he was grieved over other people's attitudes uh, that disregarded the word of God. Verse uh, 53, 
burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake thy law. 136. My eyes shed streams of water because they do not keep thy law. 158. I behold the treacherous and loathe them because they do not keep thy word. So just an attitude of seeing the disregard of God's law as something that grieves the the one who delights in God's law. Um, Kind of on the converse side of that, he determined that the people that he was going to keep company with were those who had this alike attitude as he did towards the word of God. He said, I am, a, I am a companion, this is verse uh, 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. So how do you choose your friends? Well, one of the, way, one of the criteria is what's their attitude towards the word of God. So probably if you were going to sum it all up, uh, maybe we've already looked at this verse, it's in 97 just as one general way of summarizing this. Oh, how I love thy law. The attitude of the psalmist towards the word of God was that he loved it. What we've looked at so far is what are some of the truths about God's word that the psalmist emphasizes and what was the psalmist's personal attitude attitude towards the word of God. Now, the last area that we want to look at is in what times and situations did the psalmist turn to the word of God? And that should be a cue to us as to what we should do in these same situations. So in what times and situations did the psalmist turn to the word of God? And when should we? Well, one of the things that he would say is that we should turn to the word of God when we're young. Uh, Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. So, a young person, look to the word of God. That's the way to keep your way right and pure before God. And kind of along that same line, we should look to God when we need wisdom. Uh, Verse 98 Thy commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever mine. I have more insight than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, because I have observed thy precepts. So, if we need understanding, and we all do, we need wisdom, there is the place to go, the word of God. Uh, the unfolding of thy words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. That's verse one, 130. So when you need understanding, when you need light on a situation, when you need wisdom, there's a place to turn. Another time that the psalmist recommends or tells us that he turns to the word of God is when he feels alone. 19. I am a stranger in the earth. 
Do not hide thy commandments from me. When you feel like you're a stranger, look to the word of God. When you're reproached, when people speak evil against you, 51. The arrogant utterly deride me, yet I do not turn aside from thy law. I have remembered thine ordinances from of old, O Lord, and comfort myself. When, when you're not getting comfort from other people, in fact, when you're being der- uh, derided and reproached, there's a place to turn to the word of God. When lies are said about you, 69. The arrogant have forged a lie against me. With all my heart I'll observe thy precepts. Uh, Verse 78. May the arrogant be ashamed, for they subvert me with a lie, but I shall meditate on thy precepts. When you're in physical danger, that's a time to turn to the word of God. 109. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget thy law. And 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not gone astray from thy precepts. Staying into the word, staying into God's truth in the midst of times of danger. When you are grief-stricken, 28. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to thy word. So he looks to the word of God in the midst of grief. When you're discouraged or troubled, verse 143, trouble and anguish have come upon me, yet thy commandments are my delight. So how do we fight discouragement? Well, one of the, one of the ways to fight discouragement is with the word of God. When God seems to be far off and you feel spiritually dry, that's time to turn to the Word of God. Uh, Verse 81 through 83. My soul languishes for thy salvation. I wait for thy word. My eyes fail with longing for thy word while I say, When wilt thou comfort me? Though I've become like a wineskin in the smoke, I do not forget thy statutes. I think the picture there is a, a wineskin in the smoke. Is the, the leather is becoming dried up and shriveled and about ready to crack and break. He says, even though I become like that, I'm going, that's the time. I need to look to the word of God. I do not forget thy statutes. So when we feel dry, get into the word. When you lack peace and tranquility in your life, 165. Those who love thy law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. Get into the word when you lack peace. Here's an important one. When you need to be revived. When you need to be revived. Uh, Verse 93. I will... Never forget thy precepts, for by them thou hast revived me. Being revived by the precepts, the truth of God, the word of God. Uh, You see that in in, uh, verse 50 also. 
This is my comfort in my affliction, that thy word has revived me, quickened me, made me alive. Thy word, the word of God. Uh, Verse 25, my soul cleaves to the dust, revive me according to thy word. So there's, there can be a reviving just by getting into God's word. When it seems that the wicked are gaining the upper hand and about to triumph. 61. The cords of the wicked have encircled me, but I have not forgotten thy law. And 95. The wicked wait for me to destroy me. I shall diligently consider thy testimonies. So, when it seems like evil is triumphing it's a time not to give up but to turn to the word of God when you feel insignificant and of little importance 141 I am small and despised yet I do not forget thy precepts When you're tempted to sin. Verse 11. Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. When you're dealing with Satan. 157. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries. Yet I do not turn aside from thy testimonies. And, of course, our greatest adversary is Satan himself. When you need guidance, when you need direction, 105, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And when you've made a mistake, when you've gone astray, especially when you've sinned, The last verse in the psalm, 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. So, when's the time to turn to the word of God? Well, every time, every place, every situation. From youth to old age morning, noon, and night in every situation is the right situation to look to the word of God. Forever, O Lord, thy word stands firm and settled in heaven.